0: Listening to episode 315 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, my name's Dave, joined as always by my co-host Wayne as we probably complete our journey with season two of the German Netflix series Dark and I guess never say never, we'll probably do what we said, come back and look for the little clues that are dropped along the way, but whether we do it closer to season three or not remains to be decided.
1: Yeah, we are, uh, uh, continue, we'll be just a rudderless ship for the... The time being, you know, we'll kind of go where the wind blows us.
0: Yeah, that's the way it seems right now. Uh, we know what we're doing next time, but after that, <laughs> uh, who the heck knows? um But I did, as I was telling you, figure out why my computer just arbitrarily shut down last week and, and caused us to have to re-record the entire podcast. So hopefully, got that sorted. At least I know what to do and what not to do at this point. But yeah, that said, uh, before we go too far, I want to thank our patrons: uh, Mark, Fred, Dan, Cindy, Travis, and Mike. And you know, if you're interested in supporting Sci Fi TV Rewatch, we have a Patreon account. You can go to the website Sci Fi TV Rewatch dot Podbean dot com, and there's a link over to the right, or you can just go to patreon.com dot slash Sci Fi TV Rewatch and uh maybe next time we'll talk about the the little rewards that that we try to give our patrons and we've got one of those rewards coming up next week when we're going to talk about dirk Gently. the original BBC series dirk gently's holistic detective agency uh for michael jacobs and did you see, you saw the the second series right you you haven't seen the original i don't think
1: correct I have not seen the original I did see both seasons of the um
0: the, the more recent one. Right. And as I recall, you were a little disappointed that there wasn't a season no. three? <laughs> oh, you were
1: not? Not <laughs> okay. at all. It probably went a season too long, as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, okay. I, I, season I, one was great, I, perhaps. I thought. Uh, but season two was uh, uh, tragic. And I don't mean tragic in a good way, like a Shakespeare way. I mean tragic as in it's tragic that this thing ever got made.
0: OK, and perhaps that's why Michael wants us to look at the original to just to show us, hey, don't judge this franchise by, the, you know, the, the second iteration of it. As always, if you guys want to contact us with some episode feedback questions, the email is sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail dot com. You can go to the website, leave a voicemail. There's a leave voicemail tab there. Record your own audio clip and send it as an attachment or consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there and and we're increasing our numbers on the Facebook group a few new people each week so hopefully those people stay around because I get the impression a lot of our new listeners are here because of Dark and hopefully they'll stay around after we're done with Dark right so all right now tip of the week for me uh, there are two shows I want to bring up quickly and Michael and I will be covering them in a few weeks on Sci-Fi Fidelity, but but they're both I think of interest to our community. And and the first is the Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance on Netflix. And I, I suspect you saw the movie back in the day. Yeah, I actually re- we just I'm,
1: I made my family watch it a couple of weeks ago. We do a movie night. I'm like. Oh, my
0: God, The Dark Crystal, Like we got to watch this. So, yeah, I love The Dark Crystal. Okay, so that's going to be on Netflix. And and their website describes it, if you don't know, as power-hungry overlords drain life from the planet Thra, a group of brave, is it Geifling? Geffling? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. uh, I just watched it a couple weeks ago. Uh, I, I think it's Geffling. Okay. So regardless, they uh, unite on a quest to save their world and fight off the darkness. And as I alluded a second ago, it's a prequel to the 1982 Jim Henson puppet animated dark fantasy film that actually won the Saturn Award for Best Fantasy Film back in the day. Now, the yeah. second show is going to drop on Amazon. Gelfling, it's called- Gelfling. Gelfling, that's a.
1: I just, okay. I, I just, I saw the word and it hit me.
0: So, yeah. All right. Sorry about that. All right, so the second one is called Carnival Row, which is a neo-noir fantasy series created by Rene Echeverria, who we know as a Dark Angel writer. He was also the showrunner for Terra Nova, created the 4400, which I guess for the two of us, that's not such a big deal, the 4400. We weren't impressed. Mm, But it is going to appear on Amazon, starring Orlando Bloom and Cara Delevingne, who I... Really liked in Luke Besson's Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. I know it's a movie that got trashed by the critics. Uh, She was also in Suicide Squad. And Carnival Row is going to follow mythical creatures who fled their war torn homeland and gathered in the city as tensions simmer between citizens and the growing immigrant population. And at the center of the drama is an investigation into a string of unsolved murders and it looks really cool it's got that fantasy dark noir look to it so you know I, i'm gonna check it out i suspect you're gonna check out dark crystal you'll probably check out carnival row you got amazon got yep. nothing better to do yeah well so yeah. uh <laughs> right so anyway i'm looking forward to both of those they both drop august 30th 2019 all right so my tip of the week is not really
1: genre but it is relevant because you uh, kind of suggested this movie to me ages ago and I just, just now got around to watching it and then was annoyed that I never, I didn't listen to you way back away and watch it right away. What, and De- it, Deadpool? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, actually the, I'm talking about Moneyball. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Dude, I turn that on every time I see it no matter what point in the film it's on. Yeah. It was so good. And I knew it was a good movie. I don't know why it took
1: me so long before I finally watched it. And I watched it last time. I'm like, oh, man, this movie is awesome. It's so good. Um, but, yeah, loved it. So, yeah, if you haven't seen Moneyball yet, what what the heck are you waiting for? Um, I get maybe if you uh, don't live in the United States or not in the baseball, but I think the the, the things that – uh, even if you're not like a baseball fan or you don't understand the game of baseball, I, th- I think you'd still appreciate this, uh, the, the, the movie and what they, they go through. And and really, uh, if, if you are into baseball, then everyone knows how much Billy Bean and the Oakland Athletics have transformed the game, basically, and how uh, people evaluate players. And that's actually not just in baseball, but it's like across the boards in all sports and everything, just... really the system he came up with was uh is now being implemented uh across the board and of course uh no one knows that better than the people of baltimore right now as we are
0: well and i think the thing is even if you're not a baseball fan you should be able to appreciate the fact that his ideas were so revolutionary at the time that everybody thought he was a nut and some of the best scenes are when he's in the office with all of his scouts and his assistants. And they're just shaking their head. And, and, and obviously, in retrospect, he was right. And then some of the players that he placed a higher value on than anybody else in baseball. Again, it was like that you're pulling for the underdog in so many situations in the movie. So yeah, it really was great. Yeah.
1: So thank you for that recommendation a couple of years ago, Dave, and
0: really enjoyed it. <laughs> All right, cool. So let's get back to dark. And like we did last time, although we didn't plan it last time, we're, we're going to take a second episode of the podcast to, to finish up some loose ends, make some predictions for next year, which likely won't come true, but we'll have fun doing it. You know, one of the things that struck me, And even before we get into it, you know, we have a structure here, but, dude, feel free to jump around to anything having to do with dark. But it struck me that we should maybe address all the different time travel devices that are in play. And Fred brings up a couple points, particularly with Hannah's experience that we'll get to. So when we look at, I guess, the first device, and I'm making air quotes, the Temporal Caves in Winden, which have become known as the Passage, we don't need a device to travel in time, but I don't remember who it was that said it, probably older Jonas, that if you have a device, it works better, it's more safe in the tunnels. Did I remember that correctly? Maybe. In, in the tunnels it's our understanding you can travel 33 years in the past or future, depending on which tunnel that you go through. And right. we know we can go to 1954 and we know we can go to 1987. I don't think we've seen a third tunnel, right? Those, yeah. Those are the
1: only times that they've uh, using the tunnels that they've traveled to.
0: Okay. And I started trying to remember how does Jonas get to 2052 at the end of season one? It's like the dark matter kind of like, so it's like the same
1: portal that opened up between Elizabeth and Charlotte. Okay. Um, do you remember like that? It was.
0: Yeah. So, so created, it's like uh, when he. Sorry, go when ahead. He's t- when he's touching fingers with. Uh, with Helge. Yeah. Helge. Um, so.
1: It's you know i I guess it's it's never super clear because we don't really understand what's happening. We just see this kind of circle open up uh where he is, and then he sees Helge on the other side. they touch,
0: and he ends up in the future, okay. And, you know, the dark matter seems to be the key here because we've also got a time machine in 1921, which I said last time, I think is the coolest of all of them. It looks like Tesla perhaps had a hand in it, but it's got those poles. And I read somewhere on the Internet, and I didn't look for verification about this, but somebody mentioned that the church that we see Adam in is built on the same site as the future power plant so i'm gonna go ahead and throw that out there i don't know if anybody ha- has done any research and can verify that but that would be pretty cool so we-, we know that 1921 adam has the ability to send people more than one interval because he, he does it with jonas so there is that one then perhaps the, I don't know, most disturbing one that we've seen in the two seasons of Dark is the chair in 1986 that, that's in the Doppler bunker. And that creepy blue wallpaper just haunts me. And perhaps it's, it's what you've always said, one of the creepiest things in television are little kids, well, in, in in genre television, that is. right. right? Well, I mean, little kids are creepy, anyway. But uh, uh, <laughs> they can be very and, nice too. But yeah, they can right? be creepy. But I, I guess the thing with this, we always got the sense that this was an experimental phase in the time travel situation, and and I guess to a certain extent, it was because these young boys died as a result of you know this experimentation. You know, the other thing that occurred to me: why did they never take girls? for 1986 and that you know just you you mentioned this
1: brings up a good question Just is why did noah need to experiment in the first place is this you know was this after he decided to break with adam but before he was killed you know like is there a point in there where noah is kind of off the reservation or he'd gone rogue um right. So is is that what he was doing? Because obviously, Adam doesn't need Noah to build a time machine, unless this is all just, you know, causality, right? Like because Mads and Mickle, well, actually, Mickle's that part of it, but because like yeah, I don't know why. Like why why does Noah need to do this? Unless like I said, this is something where he is kind of breaking from Adam and trying to create his own time machine so he can do his own thing. But then why does he, I don't know. It's just like, like so much of this show, it's just like,
0: why, 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 why did this happen? You know? Well, that's a good point though. You raised that this could be a situation where Noah has broken from Adam. And perhaps at this point, Adam doesn't know. That Noah has a problem, and he's doing this surreptitiously, although that's probably a dangerous thing to do, given the apparent power that that Adam has. This one apparently opens a portal 33 years in the past and in the future. It only exists, to our knowledge, in 86 and 87, so uh, not sure what happens in in the interim. I mean, we see remnants of the wallpaper in, in 2020, but... You know, it, it clearly is the creepiest of the time machines. But I like the question you raise. Is this Noah fighting against Adam? And he's he forced to experiment at this point. But I guess the device that we see the most are, of course, the little devices that are in the suitcases created by Tanhouse, And we see two of them from two different timelines. Hannah has one in 54. And Adult Jonas has the other one in 2020. But I ran across an interview with Baron Bo Odar who said, in response to that question, once you realize that we're telling a story in a world where the timeline isn't linear, once you keep that in your head, then you understand that there's only one time machine, just a different version. And I think we knew that because of the age difference of the metal, the the one looks worn. Sure. But I guess when you really get down to it, there are two time machines, right? I mean, well, right.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, how is, like, one time machine that is existing at the same time because people are taking it? I mean, really... Uh, really how is that different than multiple times i mean i get that yes it is like physically the same machine but you know there's we see two of them in the same time period right because hannah takes the one back to 1954 and then the other one is there that uh, ultimately jonas uses to save magnus and bartosh and and francisca um so yeah i get it's the same one but you know it's a little different i think than having multiple time machines because basically there are multiple time machines out there at the same time
0: right now we talked about the fact that they would only take a traveler 33 years in the past or in the future you know i mentioned that uh, i believe it was older Jonas said that they were safest to use in the cave but you know fred raises that question about well then how the heck did hannah get from 2020 to 1954 i think we've speculated that perhaps she had a stop off in 1987 and then went to 54 or perhaps it's something that we really don't know for sure because it does seem as if when the black matter is involved that this one interval jump doesn't necessarily hold water anymore that you can perhaps go more than one interval so once we've seen the time machine and and you know for the longest time we didn't really see it in i i guess full blown form you know that that jonas he he activates it and we see then the black dark matter cloud or or whatever we're going to call it so you know i don't know maybe that gives the ability to jump more than one interval yeah maybe but, you know cuz it seems like Hannah
1: is purposefully going to 1954
0: right well well i guess i mean you know there there is that i mean why would she want to go to 87 for instance there's nothing really there for her right well and she goes to Ulrich right i mean the whole
1: time she wants to get Ulrich and so she goes to where she knows that he is. Right, right. Yeah. So I guess the um, question...
0: So, well, and we speculate: does she really know what she's doing operating that time machine, which which seems rather dubious to think that, you know?
1: That that she knows what she's doing, but I, th- I do think she knows what she's... I think Jonas taught her specifically how to use this thing and that she specifically went back to 1954. So, you know, like I said, I mean, so I think she is part of jonas's plan i think we talked about this last time in that sending her back is his idea of messing with time or thwarting himself i guess
0: okay and, and she's got what we're calling the vinyl case adult jonas has the leather case in 2020 uh <laughs> what are we supposed to make of that yeah, I don't know. I just uh I, I'm I'm
1: wondering if uh if Hannah's is uh Samsonite and then therefore if a gorilla should attack her that the uh the time machine would be okay. And and you never
0: know. Now Do you remember you those commercials, th- right? Ah, uh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> How sixties and seventies were they? Just uh, uh, it's classic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we were talking last week uh, about whether or not Katerina has the time device when she goes into the caves i i I think in in retrospect re-watching it that she leaves it with jonas and that when we see her in the cave she's got the light in one hand she's clutching the map in the other so she's going to have to go through a door which we see her at the end of the episode we just don't know where she ends up but if if uh history tells us anything she's going to 54 or 87 right right obviously we assume she's going to go back to
1: 87 to try and bring back mickle but i mean she didn't you know like like that didn't happen so she was if if things are set and things only happen because or things happen they they always happen well she was unsuccessful in rescuing mickle maybe even got herself trapped back in 1987 or 1954
0: right but does she know where she's going so in other words there are well, she got two, the map right but does the map say the left fork takes you to 1987 the right fork takes you to 1954 yeah i don't know it's in german So, what I'm wondering, are we going to see her in 1954? Because how freaking cool would that be? Ulrich, Hannah, Katerina in 1954.
1: Yeah. Well, just to see Hannah's face if Katerina pops up in
0: 1954. She's going to be like, uh, what? (laughs) Oh, but... Uh, that's just going to be so cool so that's kind of what i'm going with i feel like from a narrative standpoint she's going to end up in 1954 even though her goal is to go to 87 and get her son back which is obviously something we totally understand and and i guess we'll have to wait about a year to see that now right. the other thing but I I mean, you I've can wondered-
1: totally see that scenario playing out though you know like okay. that it seems like that would be a really good storyline. But you know, all, the more we talk about this, I'm like, how many episodes are they going to have? Because it, it to to my, I don't, I just don't see how they could wrap this up in eight
0: or ten episodes. You know, I don't know. Well, I don't know either, and I put a lot of thought into that. How disappointed I'm going to be when all of this ends after the third season. And it got me to thinking about genre shows in general, how we really develop a bond with characters in the good shows and how we're so disappointed when it ends. And then I started thinking, yeah, but there's nothing wrong with a finite ending. I mean, they've had 28 hours to tell their story. That's assuming they get 10 episodes next time. But I I, I hear you that it just seems... That there's so much going on to wrap it up in 10 episodes seems really difficult. I wonder whether they'll get more. I wonder because of the intense popularity of the series whether Netflix is going to give them more than 10. I was a little surprised they went down to eight for season two, but uh, you know, there it is. The other thing I started thinking about the devices you know, we get that scene where simultaneously 2053 elizabeth is firing up the dark matter adult jonas is firing up the leather case device katerina sees the time particles in the cave everything seems to be happening simultaneously and i wonder whether one of the devices has an ability to control and i'm making air quotes again Mm -hmm. the other devices i i don't know that we see anything that would validate or verify that but it just occurred to me
1: right yeah like a one ring to rule them all type scenario
0: yeah and if i had to guess i i I suppose i'd go to the 1921 machine because that's where adam is but that doesn't necessarily you know have to be and i think on the one hand i start thinking like well the 1921 device is perhaps not as sophisticated as the others. And then I'm thinking, like, well, why do I think that? Simply because 1921 is older? Mm -hmm. Because given the time travel aspect, that doesn't necessarily make sense. Right. Exactly. That's that's Could could be um, the most sophisticated. Right.
1: Exactly. It could be way more sophisticated uh, and still be physically in 1921. But, uh, you know, obviously, Adam's knowledge comes from – large swath of time you know more even more beyond his own lifetime would normally uh, have played out so i i don't i would tend to not think that there's one machine that kind of is in control of the others i just think that because they are time travelers that they are able to synchronize stuff um and they know like what's going on like i said i the the more i talked about it the more we i'm sorry we talked about it last week the the stronger the sense i got and i'm really fairly confident in my theory that Clausen you know was definitely meant to open up like that like his mission was to open up that container at that time and so this is just another part of that synchronization that Adam is is doing, but but then, yeah, you, then you might say, well, then what about Elizabeth? Was, was she on a schedule? She seemed like she was just kind of working on her own schedule as well, but, you know, if she is part of this, and she's part of this sick, moonist group in this little photograph here, um, like I said, I didn't look at the photograph closely enough to really try to break down who's in it, but um, you know, if she's part of it. Well, maybe she was part of the synchronization process and she knew that she had to
0: start the machine at this time right and as a time device we've got that god particle dark matter thing in the power plant that as you said is released by clausen i'm not sure that one's limited to the 33 year interval either so going into season three i wonder how much Of a question that's going to be or will we be able to travel multiple intervals i mean i guess at this point it's it's not a big deal but then the last time travel device that were presented is martha 2.0 alt universe martha goth martha whatever we're going to call her the gold orb that she holds and i think because of the size of it that we have to look at it as more technically sophisticated because like anything miniaturization is what has allowed us to have the technology in in most cases that we have today Uh, otherwise we'd have computers that took up entire buildings rather than one that can fit in the palm of our hand like our iphone
1: right Um, yeah, absolutely. We we get the sense that, that Martha's is a more technologically advanced uh, model than the very unwieldy um, suitcase time machines you get. Uh, fun fact, Martha's time machine also kind of doubles as a, a Jedi training device. I like
0: it. So. <laughs> I, I remember that. <laughs> now, the other question that occurs to me is, is about Martha 2.0's world and and whether or not time travel is simply more efficient than in the Winden timeline is her world in general more technologically advanced than Winden and, and I see no reason why that wouldn't happen I mean we certainly see that concept in counterpart so I I think yeah. it's certainly a a narrative device that would certainly play right into the writers of dark's hands so uh, sure can... well especially since uh the Wyndham world the only other place is france
1: and so they probably have you know better food there but not necessarily better technology maybe uh gotha's world has like a uh you know like united states or japan there that uh, she's able to you know
0: it's, instead of just france now one of the questions that we have involves where or rather when Jonas takes the teenagers and several questions come up about that for instance you you know we know older Magnus and I think we're 95 percent certain it's older Francesca how did they get to 1921 why did they go to 1921 and they seem to be serving Adam willingly at that point and i guess my general question after we get past the how did they get to 1921 why are they helping adam right well because that's the scooby-doo crew right like it's that's like the the old gang just never broke up okay it seems so like, did jonas take them to 1921 that seems unlikely i, I don't well
1: how they get old where did they get old when did they get old right like literally
0: when did they get old i mean did he take them to 1954 they lived out their life and then he took them to 1921 i mean clearly as we said last time if he took them to 1921 as teenagers then we've got a a problem with the aging if we go back to 1888 which would be really cool i i question whether they're going to do that from a production standpoint because then they've got to build the sets for 1888 and the the clothing and all of that but yeah there, there's something there we don't know where jonas takes them from 2020 and how they get to 20 uh to 1921 but still my question is why are they helping adam i mean they have yeah. to know what he's doing right well, there's this whole, like I said, I mean, we got
1: the picture here, and all these people who are, like, Agnes is the same. Like, why is Agnes helping A- Adam, you know? Like, it, it's the all these people who are characters that we like and and we think are, are good people, and then we see them now assisting Adam, which, you know, obviously, especially with Adam killing Martha... In 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 Jonas's original world, you know, we're obviously not on board with Adam and his plan, but all these people who we, for lack of a better word, like as characters, are totally on board with Adam's plan. So it's yeah, it's 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 puzzling, and and there's this whole you know, the whole group. I mean, like Francisca and Magnus are in that picture with um with Noah and Adam and agnes so like again like who are the other people in that and yeah like exactly why are they helping out i mean obviously jonas got them on board with his plan at at some point but when did that happen where did that
0: happen why did that happen yeah and at some point in, in this discussion we'll have to touch on the obvious biblical allusions To this entire story i mean you know the fact that he's chosen to take the name adam and that assumes that it's true that this is jonas we don't have any proof that adam is actually older jonas other than that he says he is yeah good point um obviously the name noah and, and we go back to noah's ark which was built and noah's purpose was to save the human race so that it could rebuild after god exacts his revenge well isn't noah in his fight against adam trying to preserve the world as we know it whereas adam wants to start a new one and we go back to you know adam as the first man and yeah i mean some of it you, you kind of have to massage it to fit you know certain thematic ideas but but i don't think these names were chosen at random Oh, that, so
1: we we bent over like that. You know, we're obviously clearly established that nothing on this show is is random at all. That's why, you know, we were talking about the um, you know, what Fred thinks are lack of continuity. I don't. I don't think so. The the markings on the calendars and everything. Like I, I think all this stuff is done deliberately. We just can't see it
0: right now. Why? Right. And and you know the thing about the calendar, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, I I think we may never know the truth behind this because obviously Baron Bo O'Dar has almost a year to deal with that situation. It, does he look at the internet and go, Oh crap, they're right. <laughs> we <laughs> did it. make a mistake. Yeah. All right, so how can we how can we work around that so it doesn't appear to be a mistake that we actually meant for that to happen well first he first he fires
1: the person who made the mistake and and then he thinks how can we you know
0: work this out right so as as you said fred feels it's a continuity error and and i'm not going to say fred's wrong because as you pointed out last time uh water bottle starbucks cup yep so that kind of thing does happen and can understand it i mean this is not a huge budgeted tv series so there's probably a lot of running around at the last minute hey where's that damn calendar i don't know it was here a minute well i'll get a different one so stuff happens honestly like how many count
1: you know like i know i know like they probably if you're the prop master you probably just have the one calendar and you mark the x and everything so Like I said, I'm I'm pretty certain this isn't continuity. I'm pretty certain that the discrepancies
0: between the calendars were done purposefully, but it could be wrong. Right. I, I think the one that really gets me to thinking is that the handwriting appears different on the one circle. I mean, the circle is slightly different. And in this day and age, a maker of a genre show, especially one like Dark, you have to know... That people are going to do what we 're doing, what Fred does, which is grab screen caps and really analyze them in intense detail so uh, we 'll see I, I mean, look maybe Baron Bau will in an interview fess up, yeah, we made a mistake, but it 's not a big deal so now, the other thing that occurred to me, we now know Bartosh travels through time with this group, so I want to return to that scene. At the beginning, when young Noah and another guy, who at the time we speculated, really looked a lot like an older Bartosh, and they're working on the caves, and then of course Noah kills him with a pickaxe. I wonder though, is that guy Bartosh? I mean, yeah, you know, I wonder whether we'll revisit that at all. They, they bring this guy
1: in, like again, like it, we we see that we're pretty sure at least that uh dark doesn't do random and doesn't do pointless right so yeah. having that guy there i don't we we feel like he wasn't just there just to get killed by noah that right. there's more sure. to it and so the right. idea that he's bartosh i'm totally down with that idea especially since there's not an older bartosh uh, with older Francisca and older Magnus. Right. Right? Right. Like, they just set him to be... Poor Bartosz. I don't know. I mean, sometimes you feel sorry for him sometimes. But if that's the case, then they just, you know, they're like, hey, Bartosh, why don't you take a pick and go and freaking dig a hole through the side of the rock there? We're going right. to chill down here with Adam. You go get digging. It's just like... If that's the case, Bartosz, it's just like... It's just like... just freaking axe me now man like i'm sick yeah. of digging this stupid rock just kill me man
0: okay now we've talked already about hannah in 1954 but another thing that struck me the number of camera shots we get of the conwalled home and they always appear as if they're shots of the side of the house but it may just be the the design of the house but it's just that shot of the house almost takes up the entire frame and we understand how important Jonas Conwald is to the story but I also started wondering whether the house itself has some kind of importance that we just don't know about yet you know yeah and and actually
1: saying that you just because like all right now why is that house well that was Ines's house so is Ines like Is she Hannah's daughter? Because you figure, like, in 1987, she's young. Like, for her to be, let's say, 30-some years old, not a stretch, right? Right. Um, So that means she's being born in the late 50s. So let's say something like Hannah got it on with Egon, for example. I'm just throwing that out there and she had a daughter who would have been named Ines Conwald, who would be
0: the mother-in-law to her own mother that makes some sense you know <laughs> and after <laughs> last week with Charlotte and Elizabeth there's no idea that's too far out there I, exactly I think that's that's safe to say
1: that I, I uh, while I understand what I just said is definitely far out there I am I'm also not putting my full stamp of... I just thought of that, like, as you were talking. So, uh, you know, there's probably... I don't know if that
0: could have... But as you said, it could. Right. Now, what's the deal with Ulrich? It it just seems, in retrospect, almost unfathomable that one of the most important characters kind of disappears in terms of importance and... What are they going to do with him in season three? I mean, you can't keep him locked up forever.
1: Right. And, and that's the thing. You got a guy like an actor like Oliver Masucci, who is actually a pretty big name. And he was hardly in this season at all. Yeah, you know, I think he was only in two episodes. Right. You know? Most yeah. of the time we saw... Uh, Ulrich at all we saw the oldest Ulrich so this you know approximately 50 year old Ulrich basically is been almost like you said like almost effectively disappears from the story and yet he is the first really the first character we meet well one of the first so he's super important but yet hardly in in this story at all so yeah exactly what is you you get a feeling that he he is he has a significance and it's not just to cool it in a mental asylum for 30 years
0: right and uh, i i think if i get my wish and uh katarina ends up in 1954 and the three of them come into contact with each other who sparks will fly for sure (laughs) yeah uh, now, now, another thing, we talked about it last time, and that is the fate of all the different characters, and, and some of them we've talked about already. Uh, the people in the bunker, Elizabeth, Peter, young Noah, 87 Claudia, and, and Regina, and whether or not they go to 1954, and I'm wondering whether now that we have this knowledge of the Elizabeth-Charlotte paradox— is that going to influence where they go i don't know that we really have an answer to it but something's gotta happen and i don't know how they're going to resolve this to be quite honest
1: i basically at the end of season one i assumed season two was going to be pretty much entirely almost or almost entirely set in the 2050s right right and we hardly saw the 2050s at all. It's like the same thing. Like, very little of Ulrich and very little of the 2050s. So, you know, what, what is that world that, like, is this the world? Because we know that Elizabeth espouses that some of that mundus kind of philosophy, right? She talks about creating a paradise and everything like that. So, is the world that world that that Adam... Saw because Jonas saw, is that the world he is trying to create, or is that the world he is trying to avoid? Ha- you know, is he trying to keep that world from
0: happening, or is he trying to make that world happen? Is, is the Winden the Garden of Eden, hmm. and is time travel the apple plucked from the tree of knowledge? I, I, I think that's pretty far out there, but. Uh, Again, we keep talking about paradise. So what does that mean? I mean, the Garden of Eden was the ultimate paradise until man did what he wasn't supposed to. And of course, now we have the world as it is. I wonder whether the creators of Dark have set up Martha to be the Eve to Jonas's Adam. I, I don't know how mm. this would play out. And, and again, it's going to take some massaging of, of some of the thematic ideas, but again, I, it bears repeating, characters are not named randomly. Sure. There's an importance here. And, and Martha certainly is a name from the Bible, but... More New Testament, right? Though. Right, right. But but still now the other thing that that we have to talk about is this coming war for time that has sort of hovered in the background, which is kind of ironic given how important it is. And the prophecy speaks to a new world that you just referred to that exists outside the confines of time as we know it the god that people have worshipped for millennia is nothing more than time itself what that means i have no idea how (laughs) we're going to create a world outside the confines of time i mean this sounds like something rod serling's twilight zone yeah so whether that's a metaphor for something that seems more likely than the actual scientific uh result of a world that time doesn't exist so i don't know yeah that i mean that
1: for sure a lot of the stuff that adam says is really kind of philosophically like out there right like it's it's really abstract what are you talking about this war against time like what that doesn't make any sense you know so as far as the, the practical what that means in the practical sense i don't know it, it i think basically it comes down to well I think it comes down to what like I said with that future world is this the world that they want is this the goal is that paradise it didn't it sort of didn't seem like paradise right with roving bands of guys with guns going around and everyone looked like they're armed to the teeth and uh, you know it seems like a very warlike place we see remnants of battles and violence it
0: doesn't seem like a paradise you know Well no but now that we know that Martha is from an alternate universe and we can accept the multiverse many worlds theory. I wonder whether this paradise that Adam promises is one of these parallel worlds, which then takes us to questioning whether or not and how long has he known of the existence of these parallel worlds. So again, is he searching for a way to get there? Is that what this is all about? I mean, he says he wants to create a new world, one in which time, therefore, God does not exist. So, uh, you know, very Nietzschean and Kierkegaardian in, in his thought process there, but but still, I, I wonder whether that's where we're headed here.
1: Yeah, uh, and honestly, who knows? Like I said, I mean, we both had said, I, I mean, I just it seems like there's just so much for them to wrap up next season and to do so in the limited format of one season. I mean, obviously they have a plan for this. And I think it's great. I, I mean, I, I honestly, as you said before, for a show to, to end with its story told and to, to know that your story, it can gets a limited uh, number of, of, chapters and that you have that plan right from word one that's probably preferable to a show that goes on and on and and there's you know i mean i don't know i guess that this this show is telling one story and right. then they're going to be done you know instead of going on for season after season and they have a definite plan in mind i just cannot imagine how they could get that story told in one season but obviously they do. And that's the important part. I don't need to know as long as they know, I'm cool with that. Right.
0: Now, one thing that we've talked about and I think we've all admitted we don't exactly understand what it means uh, in 2020 for instance, future adult Jonas tells Martha that the future will start a new cycle. Well, what does that actually mean? We we know that Jonas wants to preserve The world so what does that mean i i don't know that i have an answer young noah tells adult jonas also in 2020 that the circ this circuit has to be finished for the next cycle to begin just as the prophecy foretells and so that martha can live well so that martha can live obviously has different meaning now because clearly martha lives it's just not martha 1.0 or not wind in martha so i I don't know i mean what event finishes the cycle we thought for the longest time that michael's suicide is what got the cycle going but again that may or may not be true yeah
1: yeah well and also like this is young jonas going with martha so again all these things that you know, it goes back to that i, you know, I really feel like that the, the stranger jonas right the the, the middle-aged jonas I've, i he, i still really have this kind of strong feeling that somehow he's the key since he's the guy that becomes adam but he also he experiences he he knows martha is killed but then did he know that he another martha showed up right after that right like well I, I, again these are just things i just thought of like you know this whole time he's trying to save martha if he is the jonas that the younger guy then he would know that other world martha shows up right after martha gets killed he would have experienced that that's a
0: good point you know the other thing that occurs to me is we we haven't really talked about the hero's journey because I'm not sure it applies. I mean, you know, you can always tweak elements of, of Campbell's hero's journey to fit your narrative if you wanted to. But just from a purely heroic standpoint, what I find interesting is that Jonas can be seen as both the hero and the villain in dark. Yeah, right. Which is not something we typically see in literature. I mean, he's not really an anti-hero. He's like something else entirely. This new kind of of protagonist antagonist, which again, I just find fascinating. Right, you're right. It's
1: almost like this completely different type of of archetype here, um, or I don't even know if we could call it archetype because archetype is something you see repeated um and you know we've we've seen things where like you know we were talking about Anakin Skywalker you know we know that Anakin Skywalker is the young hero who ultimately will grow up to be the bad guy so you know this maybe not unlike that you know like i said there was that definite clear Darth Vader reference as adam got into his uh black suit in order to go time travel so we've seen it But it's, yeah, the the difference being, though, is that Anakin doesn't know he's going to become Darth Vader, and Jonas does know he's going to become Darth Vader. And so Jonas can actually try to resist and fight against his own fate, but as Martha's Macbeth poster reminds us, fate tends to deal rather harshly and ironically with people
0: who strive to resist it. And I wonder, because we've talked about what is it that causes Jonas to make that leap to Adam, I wonder if early in season three we're going to be presented an event or multiple events that, that we don't know about yet, that we haven't seen yet, that takes Jonas from wanting nothing more than to stop Adam to becoming Adam. I don't know. A, a lot going on. A, a lot to look forward to. Um, that's pretty much all I've got. Is there anything else you want to bring up that, that well, we haven't just, talked about? What again?
1: This just, literally just popped in my head. Is this new Martha his aunt? Nice. So therefore, I'd say no. Can I'd they, say no. They can remove the guilt and they can just get down to it. I'm not digging her hairstyle, but <laughs> I, I guess I'll get used to it. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah I mean, but it's like, obviously that whole, I mean, it, they, they never really made a huge deal out of the fact that, you know, there's been, obviously Katarina mentioned it. Jonas talked about it or thought about it slightly, but, uh, but here, obviously that she's not his biologically at all, his aunt. And so I was just wondering like then you know, what the relationship is then in this other world.
0: Right. Well, I, I'm guessing that it's not what we think it will be. It's not what shippers will want it to be. I think she's going to tell him, "I'm not her." Yeah. Well, she does say that, right? Well, yeah, yeah. But I think once, it, it, you know, they spend more time together, right. And he has to deal with that, and perhaps you know raises that question. All right, you ready to hear what Fred has to say? Just actually,
1: because I was just looking at one okay. note that, I had that we didn't, um, like Future Girl. Oh, yeah. Like, because, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that she's Martha. She's obviously not. But who is she? What he's, what, what's her deal? Like, again, she kind of
0: disappeared. Where did she go? Well, Where's she's Future Girl? Too, well, she's too prominent to not have her be somebody within the four families I, I mean that certainly is the way i see it well we see her in in the uh in the uh room where the black matter is that elizabeth has keep uh, has kept hidden from everybody but i don't think we see her travel anywhere not that i remember so she's still in 2053 right. or 2052
2: right. okay. yeah anyway
0: all right, well, let's hear what Fred has to say for his final thoughts on Dark, and we will be right back.
2: Hello, Dave and Wayne. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some extra feedback on the finale of Season 2 of Dark. I'm happy on several fronts. Happy for you that slowly you get more and more Patreons. Secondly, that you decided to do the podcast about the finale of Season 2 of Dark in two parts. Because I spent all my audio feedback time on the music last time, I solved the problem of lack of feedback time for episode 8 by putting a lot of stuff on the Facebook group page. But now I can talk about it. And it gives me the possibility to give some extra feedback and to react to your podcast part 1. And the last thing I'm happy about is that Dave obviously decided to and there was some announcement on the Facebook group that he posts the feed to the podcast two hours earlier. So, sharp, in 8 o'clock a.m., my time, the podcast is available, and it's exactly time enough to download the podcast to my telephone, and so I can listen to that as soon as it's available on my bike to work. So, thanks, Dave. First off, Last podcast, you were referring to some feedback I gave, but that was actually only feedback I wrote to you, because in my music feedback, there was only one remark I made, and that was about a compliment for Dave that he indeed was right, and already some episodes ago, about the multiverse. Perhaps some of the listeners were thinking, What are the heck? One of the things I discussed is how Hannah got to 1953 with the time machine, of which Jonas once stated that you could jump 33 years in the future or in the past. But as we all think, perhaps she did a double jump. And this also perhaps answers the question, where did Jonas go with Francesca, Magnus, Bartoys? I think they just went 33 years in the future or the past. Or perhaps, and that's a prediction for season 3, because they use the time machine, at the same time the apocalypse occurs, perhaps they travel somewhere else than the standard 33 years. They travel, for instance, to another universe. One of the other things I discussed in my note, which I didn't discuss in my audio feedback, was that I said that Boris Niewald, a.k.a. Alexander Tiedemann, should have killed actually the other Köhler brother. In that way, Clausen could not have ordered to open the in-concrete sealed nuclear waste. In the previous podcast you were discussing this, and you have the idea that this Köhler is coming from the future, and that he is on purpose doing this. I'm not so sure about that. Perhaps he was expecting in that concrete just the corpse of his brother or something like that. And that's even why he ordered to open the barrels, expecting human remnants or whatever. Another thing I discussed in those notes was that you were excluding Agnes as Charlotte's mother in episode 6, because that would be incest. So, Noah with Agnes. What do you think of Elizabeth being her own mother? talking about incest okay last topic from my notes indeed i put a new pedigree and that's the full pedigree of course on the facebook group page and i even put uh, another pedigree there which is very high resolution and is from dark slash netflix themselves it's also a very nice one with a lot of nice pictures Okay, last remark about my feedback of last time. Of course, I constructed this review of the most important pieces of music from Dark. And I put some extras in it, namely the 99 Red Balloon, specially for Wayne. So, I was a little disappointed, Wayne, that you didn't say that you appreciated that. Okay, going into episode 8 and your feedback of last week. I have two tips of the week. The first tip is about five YouTube videos of about 10-15 minutes each. With a very good explanation of the family tree of Dark. Two videos about the timeline of Dark. Which is very nicely done. Because it just follows the calendar from 1921 until 2053. Nicely ordered just by year then there are two videos about the expectations uh, for season three and you just type in in youtube pete peppers p-e-t-e peppers and then uh, just dark and you will get there my second tip is that you also can find on youtube now the complete soundtrack of dark season two So last week I gave some feedback on the seven most important pieces, but there are very nice other pieces of music as well. And you can find it in the soundtrack on YouTube with 17 pieces of music. Okay, in the previous podcast you had a big discussion who is having which time machine. And it's clear that Katarina goes into the caves without a time machine. She just has the light and has the maps. And then she goes through the Sigmundus Creatus S door. And where she lands up, we don't know. But from previous experiences, we know that there is a, a fork there in the caves. And one leads to 1953, and now 4. And one leads to 1986, so 87 now. This is how Ulrich landed up in 53 and Mikkel landed up in 86. And originally Jonas also traveled to 86 and back just by the tunnels. The time machine in the suitcase is in the possession of Claudia. Claudia and Jonas, time-traveled Jonas, come out of the cave and Jonas is going to look for Marta and his mother. But he leaves the time machine with Claudia at the entrance of the cave. The other time machine in the leather suitcase, or the leather bag, is the one that Jonas uses to get everybody out at the apocalypse. So Magnus, Marta, and Bartois. You were wondering why Elizabeth, at the beginning of episode 8, is looking at these nostalgic pictures. I think it's not just because she is a mother, but I think because she is going into the nuclear plant and is going to start up the machines to get the cold particle going. And she doesn't know what will happen and where she will end up. So this is just the last few on those emotional things like her cap and the pictures. Okay, big topic. Uh, you didn't address it last time and perhaps you saved it for this podcast is the calendar in the Kahnwald House. In episode 8 we see Adam walking towards the calendar and puts a circle there on the 27th of June. There was earlier a big discussion after episode 1 about the calendar that was in 2020 and in 2053. Because in 2020 Hannah puts a cross there on the 21st of June And when we then later see in the episode Jonas returning to his old home, he is seeing the calendar hanging there in 2053, and there is a circle on the 27th, but there is no cross on the 21st. So that was already from the first episode of this season an indication that there could be multiple universes. Conclusion is that there are different timelines. So on the calendar that Jonah sees in 2053, there is not a cross on the 21st of June his mother made. If in 2020, Adam puts his circle there on the 27th of June, Hannah's cross is there. So Hannah's and Adam's calendar in 2020 could be the same, and Adam just puts an extra circle on the 27th of June. In 2053 it's a different calendar, because the cross on the 21st is not there, but somebody put there a circle on the 27th. But if you look closely, you see it's a different circle than the one that Adam made. So, is this on purpose, or are this all kinds of continuity errors? I found several one. You can look it up on the Facebook group page, because I did a whole analysis of the three calendars there. Okay, that was all for now. I want to thank you for this dark ride, Dave and Wayne, and all the analysis we did uh, on this Marvelous show. It really gets the Sherlock Holmes out of you. Greets, Fred from the Netherlands. If you knew what I know now, you wouldn't do what you must, which enables me to get to this moment here. I can't exist in the here and now if you don't go exactly the same way that I did.
0: Yeah, Fred, we're we're certainly glad to have more patrons as well. And, and you know, I posted in the Facebook group. I think most people probably didn't even notice, but I, I used to release the podcast at 4 a.m. Eastern time every Friday. And I think it was probably reading about fred's experience and how he would download it and and listen to it on his ride into work and then i started thinking about the time difference and i thought well he might not have a chance to get it in time to go into work on friday Uh, you know i I could just as easily release it earlier so i've been releasing it at 2 a.m and he does seem to think that makes a a big difference for him so you know actually glad to do it and you know i want to keep it on friday so I, i don't want to you know i got two more hours to to really play with now fred's prediction that he makes about hannah he says i think older jonas magnus Francisca, and Bartosz are going to land in 1987 or 2053 or perhaps they land in another universe now that I don't see happening, I, I think the other universe storyline is, is something that I I don't know that they're even aware of it. Adam may be, but I wonder whether even older Jonas is aware of the alternate universe yet. So right, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not sure. <laughs> and then he brings up us talking about agnes as charlotte's mother because that would be incest with noah so how do we reconcile elizabeth being her own mother yeah fred uh just one of the things about dark that i'm i'm sure they will work out in short order uh let's see what else did i want to bring up about uh oh uh, he, he certainly gives us a lot of information about the dark soundtrack and i'm continually amazed at the things that pop up on youtube legal or not i don't know as i understand copyright law that you are expected to defend your copyright so uh, i guess if it's on youtube go and have a listen Hmm. Um, i i certainly will and and then he brings up uh, of course the calendar issue that we talked about and i guess we'll just have to wait and see i i wonder whether that's something that Baron Bo Odar will address in his Instagram or any of his other social media outlets because he does seem to be somebody that understands there's a market for his thoughts in between seasons and he's certainly willing to throw a few uh, spoilers out there I mean it led to a podcast for us last year as we speculated about the one page of uh, script that that we had which Hmm. Didn't exactly turn out to actually be much at all but you know is what it is so anyway um anything else you want to bring up about fred's feedback uh
1: nope well fred sorry i didn't mention how you brought up 99 red balloons the only thing i think is we were at the end of two hours of of talking and uh probably just got a little bit tired at that point yeah. so
0: sorry man yeah, and you know, back when we were younger, at the beginning of this podcast, when it was still called Fatalists, dude, we were covering four episodes of Lost Girl on some podcasts. Yeah. Two-hour podcasts were routine, or so it seemed at the time. I guess we're getting old, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, yeah, well, yeah, God, yeah, <laughs> back, back, I just, I think about this, when we did four at one time, and that is
0: that's crazy that is crazy so <laughs> all right well we'll go ahead and leave it there and that will do it for this episode of sci-fi tv rewatch want to thank you for joining us love to hear what you think about dark anything else going on in genre tv encourage you to join the facebook group if you're already a member you can spread the word bring other people in emails go to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com voicemails can go via the speak pipe tab which you can access through the website And we'll be back next week to discuss season one, episode one of the original BBC series, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. But until then, I got nothing.